Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Hey, hey! Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Positivity Pod. I'm Guy. I'm I'm Juan. There's Positivity Juan. And uh, it's great to have you. It is Sunday evening. We just watched the Bills beat the Chiefs. It's been a uh, full day of uh, football. Don't forget, if you're watching this live on YouTube or later, not live, either way, great. Hit that like button. We appreciate that very much. Uh, that helps us out, as does subscribing to this, the Haberman and Middlecoff Positivity YouTube channel, and um, also the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate you a lot. So hit us with maybe a uh, five-star review if you're in the mood on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, but get in the mailbag by leaving us a review. Leave a question in your review on Apple Podcasts. That is how you get in the ham mailbag. Share with your friends, share with your enemies. That's right. That's uh, very right. That's everybody. Yeah, it's everyone you probably know. Friends and enemies. <laughs> Hell, send them, uh, buy them a cocktail if you're out. Make it a Tito's. Make it a Tito's. That's right, John. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka, which uh, as many people were sending us um, messages, it was a big weekend yet again for Tito's in America, John, for the uh, 25th straight year slash uh, 52 weeks. Do a little multiplication, subtract a few weeks for the end of 2022. We haven't quite completed the year yet, and that's how many big weekends Tito's has had. 
They're on a good run, guy. They're they're on a good run. Just had their 25th anniversary, and uh, I would say they've never been stronger, and they keep rolling. It's hard whenever I turn on the University of Texas on Saturdays. I'd be lying if I say I don't root for them to lose, but knowing that Tito supports them and the brand based in Austin, Texas, might have heard of the city. Uh, it's, it's where it all began. It's where it all started, and they've kind of taken over the nation. They've taken over this podcast. They've taken over our listeners you guys drinking Tito's with your Bloody Marys and your Tito's and sodas in whatever you're drinking. So uh, keep supporting the brand. Keep buying those handles. Keep sending us pics and tagging us on the social streets of social media. Yeah, I mean, look, there's some basics here. A, it's fantastic quality. This is America's original craft vodka. This is the unanimous judge's choice double gold medal winner and the chairman's trophy for the world's best vodka tonic. The other thing is you're not paying for the extra. You're not paying for the bottle. Okay. Tito made this label back in 94, uh, back when Dion was shutting down corners or receivers. Um, it is. He had 10 toes then. He had 10 toes. That's right. I, I don't know if you saw, but he's going to be on uh, 60 minutes tonight. I saw that Jim Nance did that ad. I well, we saw about the, seven ads uh, of that. We get it, Dion. Yeah. Plus Tito's is a uh, major, major do good for the community company, uh, supporting non uh, nonprofits throughout the country and the world through the uh, Love Tito's program. I mean, the, the thing started because Tito's was just pour pouring for free at uh, fundraisers and people started saying, you know, maybe we should give you some money for this stuff. It's pretty good. So go get it. And when you do, when you enjoy your Tito's, whoever you enjoy it with a little ginger beer, with a little iced tea and lemonade, or you go to titosvodka.com and find maybe some specialty mix for the holiday season, maybe a little Halloween themed Tito's or you just like it on the rocks or maybe with a little a uh, little soda, whatever it is, uh, send us a little photo of you enjoying. We appreciate that. DM it to us on Instagram or Twitter or tag us in a post. No matter how you do it, we appreciate distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40 percent alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Tito's. We are also sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up at the DraftKings Sportsbook right now with the code HAM. Code HAM. Make a $5 bet this week. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Guy, in addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, place a stepped-up same-game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where we go. NBA starting Tuesday. Did you mm. see the Warriors? Extend Jordan Poole. He's yep. fine. Face looks good. All Andrew business. Wiggins, no big deal. Takes a pay cut. Got news for you, guy. Checked out a little bit of the Lakers game, playing the Kings. They lost by 50. Lakers suck. Warriors are sweet. Start gambling. I, I like the Warriors to come out fast and the furious. I would hammer them. Whoever the Lakers play early in this season, parlay them to lose. Parlay the Warriors to win. That's a fun day. Lakers to lose. Yeah. Kaminga looks good. Uh, so go do it. Like John said, um, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with the DraftKings stepped up same game parlays with payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where you go to bet on the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code HAM. Make any $5 bet this weekend and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code HAM. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 
See, show notes for the tails. This guy said. That's right. Uh, Bears repeating, though. Yeah, you're just following the rules. Uh, Carl says, Spicy Bloody Mary with Tito's is perfect. Somebody actually poured, I saw on Twitter, tagged us, uh, did one of those at halftime. But before we just dive into the game, I'm not going to try to be too negative, but we're very spoiled, I, I think, on the West Coast. We wake up, boom, there's just like Michigan, Penn State on, but we kind of ease into it, eat a breakfast sandwich, fucking not really paying attention, kind of lock in as the game goes on. I, I know I do as a consumer. I'm not like sitting at my couch every single morning, Sundays at 10, 12, breaking down all the games, but by like 11 i'm in full game mode but it, yeah just the beauty if you lived on the east coast you'd probably like watch pregame shows because you'd be so antsy out here you don't really have to because you don't have to wait that long to settle in no and if you do something the night before you kind of just kind of come to it you know if you sleep in a little bit on sunday morning eight o'clock eight thirty the, the games kind of hit you like this the 49ers game to to have to kind of be ready to go at 10 a.m separate from the the uh, Abysmal second half performance by our man Kyle is just it sucks. I despise 10 a.m. games that I have to watch. You're saying not the players being ready to go. You're talking about us, the viewers, having to be ready to go. I'm talking us, the us, the yeah. consumer, us, the fans listening. Uh, it sucks. I, I would even if you're playing shitty opponents. I I love a good. Remember last week playing the Panthers on the road on the East Coast time zone, one o'clock kickoff. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It gets in my the 10 a.m. kick gets in my dome, uh, throws my day off. I don't like it because we get spoiled getting to uh, wait until, you know, one o'clock. And imagine being an Eagles. Day. We're recording this at four forty five right now. It's seven forty five and they still got 30 minutes for kickoff. I know it's well being an East Coast fan. It's just they count on you watching no matter what. And um, that means that the West Coast games are late and the East Coast games are late. They're all late. Wow. Uh, Paul on the stream says, I lost my voice at the Syracuse game yesterday. Yeah. Un- unbeaten Syracuse, John. You want to lead the show with that? No. Um, a lot of people on here wondering if uh, we need to uh, uh, address the fact, not address the fact, but if, if remember somebody last week said, is this a trap game for the 49ers uh, against the Falcons? And we both said no. Part of the reason I said no is because I watched the Falcons last week. I, they, they, they are not the Panthers. Like, I'm not shocked that that game was close and uh, not just close. The 49ers lost. I guess in the end, it wasn't that close. The, I don't know if you saw the Falcons postgame celebration. No, but they didn't. break out uh, the the bottles, the blue cans, the blue like long neck can bottles of Bud Light. And they everyone in the locker room just drinks Bud Light. Blue collar celebration at Arthur Smith. I mean, is this like a uh, San Diego Padre celebration? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, they they pop bottles post game. Here is my main issue: is that you're not good enough, even though you were in the NFC Championship game, not with these many people out to have any trap game. I don't give a shit who you're playing, and clearly this year in the NFL, like that, even the worst teams are kind of feisty. But the other part is, guy, it was twenty one. They got down fourteen nothing pretty quick. It was 21-14 coming out of half and they had the ball. Like if you're going to fall down 20 if you're going to fall down 14 to nothing, you know, kind of like that at the end of the first quarter, you're down 14 to nothing on the road, that's never ideal. Long game though. And if I tell you right away though coming out of halftime when you're down 14 nothing, you're going to be down 21 to 14 but receiving the ball, you'll be like that's fine. It's the NFL. You're right in position. Yeah. And then obviously they never scored again. I uh shut out in the second half. 
I I did not I was not that concerned down 14 nothing because the second touchdown was kind of fluky, which whatever, like those count the same. But my feeling was just score a touchdown, it's a seven point game. Same thing I thought watching Alabama. You score, you score a touchdown, a 14 point game is a one score game, bam. And um, and that's what happened. They scored the touchdown, they're right back in it. But Atlanta played, I mean, an extremely outrageously efficient game on offense. And the 49ers are just not, we'll talk, we can talk specifically about um, play calling and all that, but they're just not, they are not built to play from behind. They are not built to play from well, behind. Well, see, I, I, I'd push back and we'll get into Kyle here in a little bit. Like they actually, part of when you're not built to play from behind means you can't, you're not an explosive offense and you're not going right. to throw the ball in my opinion. Right. And they have three really explosive players that are pass catchers in Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, and George Kittle. And to me, their problem, like I, Arthur Smith is the coordinator that really became famous, not because his dad started FedEx, uh, but because he turned Derrick Henry into like two of the greatest seasons we've ever had, right? He was an offensive coordinator for an offense that had Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback, but they utilized this running back. He loves the run game. And you saw today they ran for 168 yards. They clearly kind of have a type, what they're looking for. Their running backs all kind of look like, uh, what the fuck was the guy's name? Fullbacks. You remember the backup for LT back with the Chargers? Then he got signed by the Falcons. Michael something, the little guy. He was just this little powerful guy. Not Michael backup Tolbert. For, not Mike Tolbert? Who no. For the Panthers? Yeah. Michael some. I think Michael, I, I, I whatever. But the, that little compact. Backup, and then he played for who? The Atlanta Falcons signed him, I think, to a decent amount of money. And that little compact running back that's hard to tackle, Michael Turner. And that's what they had. And it, when you don't have Kinlaw and you don't have Bosa and you don't have Eric Armstead and then you have, you know, you're just missing a lot of guys, they just kept running it down their throat. He wants to play like Kyle. The difference is, is you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts still – Obviously, really talented, especially Kyle Pitts, but they're unknown quantities. Like the 49ers got known quantities, you know, and they got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a much better passer than Mariota in, in theory. Uh, but like they don't want to, like Kyle, even when he's down, like just, I'll just keep running the ball. Like, bro, you got to have a different pitch. And that's where Arthur Smith, when he's been successful, he kind of plays it like Kyle because he'll just keep running the ball. Like he is not your kind of new age. He actually looks older than I think he is. I mean, he looks like he's 58. I think he's like 43 or 44. But they, they just want to run the ball nonstop, which is cool when you're winning, but you can't do that when you're losing. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they need time to come back in games, period. That's the Niners' problem. And it's it's the it, I know it's their problem because it's the same problem they had last year. And it's why we advocated – now, this is not – we're not going to – Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback this year. There are just some realities that come with it. But it's – watching that game today, to me, was a reminder of why I was a big advocate of them drafting Trey Lance and drafting a quarterback last year. Because it – they just – I mean, we – they, 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 they cannot he did, move he quickly. Make, he did throw some bombs that did, did not work. He did. He nailed drop, Ray Ray McLeod's hands. He nailed yeah. the tight end's hands. Charlie Warner. Hit good throws. Hit Brandon Ayuk in the corner route that was a holding on, you know, what Jake Brendel had about. I think the Niners had six penalties. He had about five of them. Yep. He had two really bad ones. 
Yeah, bad. He had two really bad ones. What's, what's crazy is the Niners have lost to what probably will turn out to be, I think, tell me if you agree with this, three non-playoff teams. Atlanta's now three and three, so same record as the Niners. But we, we were talking before we hopped on, and we were talking about, you know, the two big drops, and they were terrible drops, are by their two worst players of the group, right? You, you would go Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, and whatever order, Jennings, and then that group, right? Ray Ray Warner would be after them. And you and you Willie said Sneed. It, it's, R- it's Ray Ray's ahead of Willie Sneed. <laughs> Willie's still on the squad? Yeah, I saw him in the huddle today. <laughs> uh, that like part of the reason they're open is because these other guys. And I, and I think that's fair. But yet, I'm watching the Bills game. I'm watching Seattle. I'm watching just flipping around channels, watching other teams play. And it's like, well, fucking DK gets a bomb, right? Uh, like I said, Gabe Davis, who's just hitting bombs nonstop, gets a bomb. Why can't you push the ball down the field with those guys? Why can't you run just a, a deep Kittle route? A deep, they ran one to IU. Why not run three or four of them? I, I get Debo is a little different. I'm not even asking for him. I'm just asking for 85. 87 constantly on Kansas City is way deeper down the field than, than George consistently. And I, I just wonder, like, I get it. Like, that's this is the way we play. It, it kind of makes me throw up in my mouth <laughs> because I – like, that's not how Belichick played for all the years. Like, he always had a different game plan. And Kyle always says, like, well, we have a different game plan. Well, it's, no, you kind of don't offensively. And and when things get ugly, it's like you kind of hope for Debo to pull a play out of his ass or George right. to, like, break seven tackles and get 40 yards on a play that should have gone 11. You know, it's like, it's kind of, like, ultimately, like, the reason the Bills are able to score or the Chiefs is, like, they'll hit Juju on a 35-yard play. Like, that's down the field, not Juju breaks three tackles, jumps over a guy, and that got him 38 yards. It was like, no, they, they hit Gabe Davis on a go route. Can, can we just run some longer routes to, I don't know, some star explosive players that we'd all agree they have, right? Those guys are big. I don't know, man, because we've never really seen them. Those They've never had those plays, right? And I, I do think, I know a lot of people, rightfully, Jimmy Garoppolo played winning football today for, for how this team is built, right? 71%. Uh, two touchdowns. Now he did have two picks. One of them, the, the one pick at the end of the half. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the other I, one, you know, you could argue there was a hold on, but whatever. A pick if he throws a pick. Yeah, what? not trying to nitpick the first pick, but from a play calling standpoint, I think they had like nine seconds left. They didn't have a timeout. They're kind of close to field goal range. What the, what the fuck are we doing there? Like, what's what's the thought process on this? Well, how I, I'm talking to, to the play caller. Were they felt like they were around the fifty. Because they'd have to get to midfield and spike the ball. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking running something toward the sideline, but oh, I've seen teams pretty consistently, yeah. I don't know, run like a nine-yard out route. Like I think that plays a great example. It was Debo in triple coverage. Like, I don't – like, this is my one thing I want to say. I Jimmy played a good football game today. Jimmy has been playing good football. But I saw a lot of – you know, this was not a this was not Jimmy Garoppolo's fault today. And I'm not here to say that it was Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. But I do think some of the problems that we have with the way they played today are fundamentally part of what their offense looks like. Some of the limitations they have because of there's a reason they traded up to draft Trey Lance last year. And it's and this game is an example. Like it wasn't his mistakes that were a problem. It was some of Jimmy's limitations when you end up in a game like this. I'm no Tom House. 
I'm no JT O'Sullivan, Jordan Palmer, Greg Pinelli, name every quarterback, Quincy Avery. I'm not that guy. But I played Little League Baseball, and I'm pretty sure you're supposed to step into the throw. That fourth down play that was incomplete to Debo, Jimmy throws off his back foot, and maybe I think part of it, I watched that play 17 times. I think part of it was he's looking, 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 makes a late decision to throw it and just tries to whip it into Debo and short hops it. He often does not step into those throws. And that one, there was nobody at his feet. There was no, there was some pressure, but there was nobody in his face. Again, I'm not, to me, this show is not about getting on Jimmy. It's not. But I do think some of their fundamental problems, like the Ray Ray throw on the money. How often do you even see that play? Like, maybe that's a Kyle issue and a Jimmy issue. Their two minute offense at the end of the first, or their one minute offense at the end of the first half was a wreck. Disaster. They sometimes they were in no huddle in the second half. Sometimes they weren't. Now, these are I'm not listing Jimmy things here. I'm just talking about their offense. Sorry, I'm all over the place. But I do think there are some fundamental issues with them that are a result of the fact that that he that that he cannot play that throwing the ball a lot is the reason they had the game they had or he had the game he had efficiency wise is because they weren't throwing it all over the place, that it was a bunch of dump downs and you know, get in Debo's hand and try and see if he can make a play with it. Again, he made some really good throws today. He made two winning throws. He did not lose them the football game. I'm not saying that. It's weird, right? He's tough. He's a tough guy. Like, I I don't question his toughness as a player. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good quarterback. No, he is. I mean, as you watch football today and really just over the weekend, like, Jimmy's a pretty damn good quarterback. But one thing that he just will not do, and it might just be a – a result of his injuries over his career. And you could argue when you play like this, you don't last that long. Andrew Luck is a good example of someone that just would constantly step into contact, but to complete balls. Phillip Rivers, who's way bigger than Jimmy, right? Made a career off this, of just like stepping in. Like, Jimmy will not do that. And I think on the play you're talking about, if I remember, is it the one he kind of skipped to Debo? Or is that another play that it was like a Yeah, it was the ball he skipped to Debo. Again, yeah, yes. He he will not step into that play when the guy is coming at him and he know that he will get molly whopped. Now he does enough where you just like can't really question his toughness. No, you can't. But like he will not do that play. Like when it's clear, like I gotta step in, but I'm gonna get hit, but I can kind of avoid it back, you know, backstep it. But here's the problem you're not Aaron Rodgers' arm. So I would say consistently when he backsteps it, even on like shorter breaking routes. He constantly misses those, right? Constantly. I mean, and the ball just, he was really upset with that, like, came out funky. You remember the play I'm talking about? I don't even, I don't even know punt. what the hell happened. That, what the fuck was that ball? But it, it was. But also, here's the thing. I can live with the up and down. Like, he was making enough plays today. Like, if we want to dive into Kyle, today's a good example where Arthur Smith, they're controlling the ball running the football, right? Whether it was a college game or a pro game, we've all seen it where it's like, they're going to struggle stopping the run on just three plays. They're going to get a lot of first downs, but they're not really going to kill you explosive plays. So if you can just get a couple punts, you're going to get the ball back. They're not going to run away from you. You can live with them playing like that. And the Niners were kind of living with it. Because remember, and you mentioned this before we hopped on, the defense gave up 21 points, not 28. Seven of those points came with a disastrous play. Double fumble. A double fumble. 
which how often do you see the reach around end up in the end zone? That's a pretty lucky play for the Falcons, right? Normally, it bounce. I've seen it bounce out. Remember, it happened to Carr. Carr did it one time, and it bounced out. And it's if it bounces out, it's the Niners' ball on the twenty. I didn't watch much of this game. Falcons touchdown. But I saw a tweet about Matt Ryan, and I think today he threw for like 55, 55 attempts. His number was really high. Yeah, I Matt, think in the Matt Ryan threw fifty eight times, thirty seven in the first half, twenty one in the second half. And I think thirty seven might have been an NFL record or something because I saw oh, someone cool. say like that's a might have been a Colts record or whatever. Jimmy had forty one attempts. Today probably should have been fifty. Like they, they should have thrown the ball more. And and this gets back to Kyle, who will get into whatever the fuck the fourth quarter was, but like he wants to run the ball. And I get it. And I admire that. And I think it works. It's why I think the Falcons are going to be very competitive this year. Like right? yeah. they got a clear identity. They like the Niners. It felt like lost about 17 players today. That's a whole nother conversation. But they, they will just run the ball down your throat. And if Mariota is like their version of Jimmy, just doesn't throw picks or whatever, they're just going to be competitive. But sometimes when you get down, that style, you kind of got to throw it away. And unlike them, but you could argue now, they got Kyle Pitts in in London. Just fucking ride your horses. Throw them the ball, even if it's not going to be deep breaking routes. Keep running slants and outs. And the Chiefs do it. Like, I watch the Chiefs. They're not pushing the ball that far down the field like they used to with Tyreek Hill. But they're still throwing it nonstop. And I'm not acting like you should run it, just put everything on you know, Mahomes' shoulders, that's not Jimmy Garoppolo, but, like, he was kind of humming today. Like, fucking, but Kyle's inability, like, I'm sorry, this is where it gets back to Denver. Like, you can't just always hold on for dear life. Hold, hold, hold on. Like, it's just not the way you can win in modern-day football. And I think when he gets in these tough games where it's not going perfect for him or he's behind the eight ball, that's really where he struggles. And I forwarded you the tweet, and the tweet went viral. They have been losing in, like, I think 24 games. I, I don't want to fuck it up. Since Kyle Shanahan took over as a head coach in 17, the 49ers have been trailing by seven points, seven plus points, entering the fourth quarter 24 times. Which, listen, you coach long enough, you're going to be down by a score going into the fourth quarter. They have won zero of those games. Zero. Guy, that, that's that's fucking insane. That That is an insane stat. If, the, if it was 10 times, I'd be like, yeah, it's a little weird. 24 24. It's a little bit like it's weird. Like their guys are not like usually to me, front runners are kind of like puss. You know, they're just not I, guys you'd want in the foxhole. Yeah. They don't really have those guys. So it, honestly, they're not a front running team in the sense that we say front running is disrespect. But yeah. they literally don't win from behind. <laughs> but I'm putting a lot of that on Kyle. Like to me, this is Kyle's offense, it's his baby. And what we witnessed in the fourth quarter is one of the biggest embarrassments I've seen this year, just as a team. Like, what was that? You're down multiple scores, and he's dinking and dunking. They're huddling every play. If it was his first year, right? Like, if Brian Dayball was in that situation, they were huddling, he'd be like, well, not ideal. You've had a lot of the offseason. I don't know if you've been a play caller. I I know, but I'm just trying to, like, paint the picture if it was a first-year coach. Six years, and five of those have been with this quarterback, really five and a half. Like, how could they not? They're, the tempo, the urgency, and I know you hate this, but when they go to the fucking sideline and he's just standing there, like, yeah. how is he not screaming? Hurry up. Isn't that just a basic, like, whether it's Little League, me and you in 1995, 
whether it's the NFL, whether it's high school football, college, a natural reaction from a sideline, especially whoever the play caller is, no matter what level, late in a game, fourth quarter, you're down multiple scores. It'd be one thing if it's 10 minutes left, you're down three, like no urgency. Multiple scores, clearly you're not getting that many possessions. I didn't see him once go, hurry up. Basic, hurry up. That I thought it was an embarrassment, bro. I just I don't well, that, that I, was that was I bad. hated that equally. Where I disagree with you is I don't think the volume of throws was the problem. Like Jimmy threw the ball 27 times in the second half. Kyle Shanahan, I don't did you catch this on the broadcast? They go like, uh, let's go down to Christina Pink, who just caught up with Kyle Shanahan coming out of the locker room. She's like, hey, guys, I just talked to Kyle. He says they really got to run the ball more. Like, thanks, Christina. Then they go throw, 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 three and out. Right? He goes throw. Then he goes deep shot. He just told her he's got to run the ball more, and he takes a deep shot to Ray Ray McLeod and hits him on the fucking hands. <laughs> and then he throws the ball again, three and out. And that was a huge possession. Like, them not scoring, definitely them going three and out there was a big deal. But they threw the ball a lot. I am now that's where I disagree with you, Jimmy, because I do think there was a point of diminishing returns when Jimmy Garoppolo starts throwing the ball a lot. But when you're down multiple scores late in the game, you can throw the ball 27 times in the second half. Like, I don't think they didn't throw it enough. He tried to squeeze in a couple runs, the (laughs) backfire. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, well, the third down pitch play was again, was did not work. Right. What about some of the screens late in game? It's yeah, like, again, I, but but I think the run, the throws. Now some of those throws came after. I'm talking, pu- I guess, push the ball downfield now when you got to go 80 down a couple yeah. scores. Now that's where I agree with you. A 16 play, they got the ball with 10 minutes left, down two touchdowns, and they put together one of the most beautiful clock draining plays that I saw in the NFL today. The problem was they were down 14, but they went 16 plays. Eight minutes, 50 yards. They managed to cut 50 yards into 10 minutes, eight minutes, and 16 plays. That is. They get points out of the ball? They the did not, John. They went, they they failed on fourth down. And that's the drive we're talking about, where it's like they went. They I thought they got I, I, tur- the I turned down. the game. I, I changed the channel. I, I turned it to red zone after that. I, they, and then you text me later that I, I didn't. I just well, yeah. assumed the game. Then was they get over. the ball like a minute. <laughs> the game is over, over, and it's like seven yards to Kittle, eight yards to a receiver, eight yards to Jeff Wilson, seven yards. Like it was like they're trying to get into field goal range at the end of a half. It was crazy. But uh, um, that like here's what one sequence on that drive was. They think they got a first down. I think maybe it was Debo or somebody come maybe. I don't remember who it was. Comes up like a half yard short. Niners thought it was first down. They mark it short, third and one. And you remember this? The officials end up adding like 15 seconds to the clock. Garoppolo yells to the sideline, hey, Kyle, Kyle, it's third down. Like the play call we got was a first down play call. This is a third down. Okay. Niners changed the play call. And that's when Jimmy was doing this. They had to reset the clock. And they did. They added time. The Niners sneak it. Okay, they sneak <clears throat> great, I, which is fine. Like third and one, just get the first down. I, I'm not complaining. Same over thing I would have like done that. later in the game yeah. on third down when they ran that pitch play to Tevin Coleman. Then out of this sneak play to pick up a first down in their own territory, somehow they don't snap the ball again till there's six seconds on the play clock. How is that possible? And you said it, and I'll reiterate: How are they not ready for down two scores in the second half? And I, I, I tweeted this late in the third quarter. They punted down a touchdown. Which was, I mean, they were on like their own 30, whatever. Okay. 
But it was clear their defense could not give up another point because they were only going to get like three more possessions at their pace. And that is the heart of it, is they do not move or score quickly. And they didn't last year, and they just don't. They just don't. And what made it particularly hurtful today is that they did hit big plays. The Ray Ray play should have been a tie game a minute and a half into the second half. And that, to me, is <clears throat> falls, falls squarely on one guy. The head coach, who's the play caller, whose offense is like a family delicacy. <laughs> that, that's the thing, right? It's not just, it's not like, well, he's only been calling plays for a couple years. Like, no, this is like a family way of life. You and I have been at these practices with his dad roaming the sideline like this, with his dad talking to quarterbacks and offensive players. And wh where does John gravitate toward? The defense, right? The He stands behind the safeties. Like, Prime time. The, the offense is guys, or I mean, is is the head coach's baby. So to me, like I, I'm putting that squarely on the head coach today, and people DMing me and tweeting me and texting me. Like, I just kind of move on. I don't hold on to stuff besides like big picture stuff. It's like this is how Kyle is. This is how Kyle is, and it's kind of right. But I don't, I don't kind of carry these things. But like, this is kind of his mo. There's just no because, and it kind of makes sense. He's a run game guy. Take a deep breath. Take your time. Snap the ball with two seconds. Does he not have the pitch of like, go pedal to the metal? And this is like the best part about the Patriots offense historically, which Kyle always claims like we just do game plan specific shit. I'm kind of calling bullshit. Like they only run wide receivers. They love wide receiver screens. Like they have these staple plays that pitch play that's basically an inside the tackle play. Like he sticks to like four or five plays. And I, I just wonder sometimes like, how do you not have some other curveballs? Like he will, and one thing he does really well, right, is scheme the play and the right time for the guy to be wide open. He's He does that his entire career two or three times a game. But it's like the Niners hit that play at such a small percentage. Well, if they you only just, draw it up twice a game, then yeah, you know, if you I, have I, six of them, you hit half of them, great, you hit three. The, the urgency thing today was one of the most glaring things I've ever seen. The, the 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 speed in which they were operating and Kyle not even being mad, it was like he thought they had five quarters in the game. It, it was it was insane, guy. It, it really was. It was almost felt like he was waving the white flag to defeat or something. Or just like you know, if we get it, great. If not, fuck it. That's <laughs> well, the way I, it just looked visually. Yeah, I this again. I, I, Andy Reid is viewed as one of the best coaches in the NFL. History in, in one of the best offensive coaches in league history, right? He's probably the best offensive coach of his generation, right? Since he's been a head coach the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, he has Patrick Mahomes. Bill Belichick is viewed as maybe the greatest coach of all time. He has Tom Brady. Like, you have to, at the highest level, have a quarterback that can do things that you as the coach cannot do because all you can do is manage the clock and call plays or whatever, prepare the team, right? And Kyle Shanahan needs help from his quarterback. And when I say that, I don't mean he needs somebody better than Jimmy. I do think you need that to ultimately win a championship. But I mean, somebody who will do things that Kyle is not capable of doing or is uncomfortable doing. There are things that he is uncomfortable doing, and Jimmy Garoppolo mm. does not make him comfortable to do them. Well, Patrick Mahomes does a bunch of stuff that Andy Reid, I'm sure, makes, makes him hold his breath. <gasps> Pat, what Pat today? I mean, Pat, if 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 Steph Curry ruined basketball, 
<laughs> Pat Mahomes, you watch college football and it's just dudes throwing like three quarter hip throws, right? Mahomes does stuff that's got to make coaches freak, but it's okay because in the end, it it is more beneficial than it is hurtful. And the Niners just do not do anything that makes Kyle uncomfortable offensively. It's not an apples to apples because Sean McDermott is not the offensive play caller. But where I'd push back a little bit is like deep down, I think Andy kind of likes the chaos, right? He, the Favre to Donovan. Not, yeah, I think it's I, I, But again, like you call a play. And the guy, point is like nothing happens. But I, I that makes Kyle uncomfortable. But I think today Sean McDermott is a pretty tightly laced. I don't want to call him a stiff, but he's he's not he's not Andy. And what he's actually much his personality to me, the way he wants to play football is much like Kyle. But I'm looking today. I just pulled up the box score. But you just I think Josh is kind of Mahomes cloned now the way he just kind of does stuff randomly. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah, (laughs) he has a lot of those. And I I think you kind of get used to it. Like how many plays today? I wonder if you could sit down with Ken Dorsey on the plane ride home. Did Josh Allen make a play out of nothing? Like, you know, it wasn't there. We, I was a bad call by me, and he fucking did a 360. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they're ultimately going to need that. But but we're jumping steps. We're yeah, just we talking basic levels of football of, hey, you're down 14 points with 10 minutes left. It's football. That happens, right? That happened this week on Friday. That happened somewhere this week on Saturdays. That probably happened a couple places if we looked around the league today. You got to go pedal, and, and it's all dependent. Like, is, it going, is everyone going three and out, and you're getting a bunch of possessions? That was not this game. You had to go right away. Max, we're getting three possessions. I think you could even say over the headset, this we got this is a must TD drive, right? Well, this might be our we might get two more uh the ball in our hands, and this is one of them. And you start Pedal calling the, plays like four down territory before it looks Pedal like to territory. the fucking metal. And, and they just I, I Kyle doesn't have it in the playbook. I mean, they do like with one minute or whatever when they kind of go no huddle, but he but never that, ever at, does that stuff. But even at the end of the half, it was disjointed. Right, it wasn't a well. They they're into the half one minute offense today, was not a well oiled machine. Like they do not have that thing dialed in at all. When like they, they have, have to hurry, their reaction seems to be that's we can't do that. They have lost to lost to much worse teams in the Kyle era. Yeah, since yeah. they've been good. I mean, much just unbuttoned. Like I I think if you watch the Falcons today, you got to kind of tip your hat. Like they are. Got a couple good players, you know, Grady Jarrett, the tight end, the wide receiver. Mariota's just kind of your bridge AJ quarterback. Terrell, Terrell. Yeah, and, and even he, like, fucking went out in the middle of the game. But th- that's just a just solid operation going right now. So I, I don't view them like you just lost to the Bears or, you know, Denver's weird because they got a bunch of talent, but that operation was an embarrassment. So today isn't, like, the most embarrassing loss they've had from a from a, an opponent standpoint. But I thought it was up there from a, you look like you just didn't have your shit together when it mattered. Yeah, I mean, if they had had moved down the field and just stalled out on the goal line, it would be the equally, it'd be a bad loss, but it would just feel differently. Like they gave themselves a shot. Like they gave themselves a shot. Now, because at the end of the day, they're three and three and the NFC is wide open and the NFC West is wide open and blah, 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 blah. But sometimes you just got to, you know, the flip side of that is they, they they left an opportunity on the table because they didn't have either they didn't have the urgency to do it or they're 
they don't think that they're capable of doing it. And this is where I do go back. Do, do they have it coached up where they feel comfortable doing it? Well, yeah. I mean, they it doesn't today. Why wouldn't if you were comfortable doing it? Why wouldn't you do it today? Is is Kyle comfortable calling that? And this goes back to what calling we've argued what? before: the pace or more downfield throws? Because he is not comfortable throwing throwing the ball downfield. More. The, the pace where he is just, not. He is comfortable dialing up the plays after they've been set up. But I don't think he's comfortable just like, we got to just start going, going, going. And this is where I do get it. I because Would that be a pretty big red flag then for him? Well, I mean, yeah, but I I, th- I do think it, it's somewhat representative of who his quarterback is. It's part of Jimmy Garoppolo, John, because I do agree with Kyle in this sense. And I think this is what Kyle is telling us. The same way we read Kyle Shanahan and said, well, he's running Trey Lance a lot. He's telling us what he thinks Trey Lance's best qualities are right now. The same way he's done that, he also tells us he thinks the more they throw the football, the worse off they are. Ultimately, it'll be diminishing returns the more Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball down the field. That's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. And I got to tell you, he did hit Ray Ray in the hands. He did hit Charlie Warner. But, man, I've watched enough of them to agree. Like, the ball, the downfield throws, I, we'll wait to see the all-22, but that ball to downfield to <clears throat> But to what about Ayuk days when he's rolling, up? though, guy? Like today. But I think he's rolling when he is not doing those things a lot. I think that's when he rolls. I think the days where you've got to open it up, which we never see really to your point. I don't think he rolls on those days. I think those are bad days. Now today would have been the day. I think your point, this is where I agree with you is, well, you're down 14. So you got to try and catch lightning in a bottle here. I know you're going to lose. You're going to lose. So it's like, do you want to lose your way or do you want to try the one chance you have to just tie the game maybe, or you just want to say lose, but we did it our way. (laughs) Cause if you said to him, this ten minute, this eight minute drive. Because if they'd pick up the first down, it wouldn't have been an eight minute drive. It would have been like a nine minute drive to score a touchdown, right? You would have said this nine minute drive would result in a touchdown. You'd be like, okay, but actually, what we need to do is score in six minutes or four minutes, not nine minutes. I, I've pushed back a lot over the years on some specific things, and definitely this year on, on the Trey Lance stuff because Trey was proving that he was an inaccurate quarterback, and Jimmy has proven that he's got issues. But in a game, like if Trey's hitting a bunch of people, I would have said, why are you running him if he's hitting the passes, right? And in games where it's like, well, you got you can't put it in Jimmy's hands. Yeah, certain games you can tell. That Denver game, fucking not there. Last year, the Tennessee game. This wasn't the game to me. And once you find yourself against the ropes, you, you basically have, are you just going to let him just keep blasting you in the kidneys or are you going to throw some haymakers? And he's very, very hesitant to do that. So I, I, I would say the conventional wisdom of, of people that consume this game, Niner fans would be like, what the fuck was that? And I think I, I have disagreed sometimes over the years. Today, I think it's 100% justified. And it kind of gets the question of when you're the grand poobah and you answer to nobody, who tells Kyle, like, w- how does it ever go, Kyle? We need to change something here, which, which is just would make me a little nervous because that's just, I just, this might just be who he is. Until he gets some other quarterback, which if Trey is, but then that's a problem, especially, you know, with the injuries they have, you you can't, you can't overcome what they got going on right now. I don't care who you got. Uh, They could have done it today. They could have overcome injuries today. They gave up 21 points on defense. That's the thing. Like they, they got a bunch of guys hurt. They didn't lose today because they got a bunch of guys hurt. Didn't help. Right. No, of course. But. I, I didn't come out of that game going, they lost today because they got a bunch of guys. Now, it had a direct impact on the game, though. Because they got a bunch of guys. Of course, not having Nick Bosa and all these guys is going to have a direct impact on the game. There's no question. 
But I'm just saying I, they could have won the game today despite the injuries. Now they also played the Atlanta Falcons, who's solid. Next week they play the Kansas City Chiefs. Who's coming off a loss. So, you know, they play the Chargers later. Like, the Chiefs, how many points did the Chiefs score today? 20. So, um, uh. Yeah, I, I think it's a fu- this is but the Chiefs but here's the thing the Chiefs years. defense the Chiefs defense actually is pretty solid the Bills only scored twenty four yeah, yeah you know, I, it's, I, it's it, points game to game don't translate but this is why for years the Niners have this is what they do they play games their seasons play out by the skin of their teeth week to week last year was the same deal and you know if the answer is Jimmy's got to op- they got to open up the offense with Garoppolo then then they're going to have a problem. This, I, I think they're, this team is built. This team And Garoppolo said this after the game. Like, you know, what we like to do is run the – like, he knows very well what they like to do. Like, the way – it's not just because they like it. It's because it does give them the best chance to win generally. But they find when you well, when you find yourself more. down, yeah. I mean, well, you just you. you know, I'm it's like the, it's to me, it's always the knock on like the wing T offense for all the schools in college. Well, it's like if you're down 20 to nothing, you have no shot. And the Niners aren't that. But they are, an, I mean, the Falcons are a shittier version in theory. I know they just beat the Niners. The, the, of them. The, yeah, the, I would say the Titans, say? you know, over their little run have kind of been like that. They need to be up in the lead, and then they establish the run, and that's kind of how they win. And then they let their pass rushers go off. And that's just the Niners. <sighs> it gets back to the coach. He's just unwilling to ever be like, yeah, I'll just throw this out the window and just – and just kind of freewheel it based on experiences. Cause he's like, no, I got to know exactly the defense. Like, holy shit, Kyle fucking just, you, you got to be able to ad lib a little bit on the fly. And that's to me, like Andy's great at as an offensive play caller, like, and I'm not even talking about Mahomes doing random stuff. I'm just saying like, you know, screen game ain't working. We'll try this. This ain't working. We'll try this. Kyle's not really that big on that. Yeah. When losing. Yeah. Eight, an eight-minute drive down 14 in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure I've quite seen that before. I mean, it's probably one of the most, given the circumstances, most embarrassing drive of Kyle's Niner career. Because not, it'd be one yeah. thing, like, you're not getting sacked or anything. You're just, what's going on here? You're just not getting it down the field fast enough. Let me Let me rephrase that. It might be his biggest WTF drive of his career. You're just sitting there like, what the fuck? Is this real? I just kept thinking, like, is this real? What's going on? Is this real? Because here's the deal. If they score a touchdown there, maybe they get a stop. Maybe they move down the field quickly. But you're going to have to score two touchdowns to tie the game. Which means you have to leave yourself enough time to do this again. I just looked up. I think, was that Joe Biden on the field? Uh, What are you looking up at? I looked up at the Eagles. Uh, oh, at 50 yard line, there's people I, singing. I was like, "Is that was that Jill Biden in the middle?" Saw, I just saw Cleveland hit a home run off uh, Garrett Cole, make it a one run game. Could not have the Guardians win the series. I know that. Uh, knees on the stream dropped uh, a two banger. That's twenty dollars to say. Does it feel like Kyle gets too into the perfect plays and not the players when Warner McLeod miss big plays? Cal just focuses on the play working and doesn't factor up why they are backups and in key moments that matter. 
See, I think over the course of a season, over the course of a game, like Ray Ray McLeod's on your team. Charlie Warner, like these guys are not deep on the depth chart. There's no reason for them to play level players, right? Like that ball getting thrown to Willie Sneed would be, okay, two guys are hurt or, you know, uh, uh, Debo is in the tent and concussion protocol. So whatever, somebody else run out there. But I like to me, part of the reason Charlie Warner was open down the middle of the field is because George Kittle was to his right in the slot and attracts attention. Like part of the reason Ray Ray McLeod's open down the middle is because Brandon Ayuk is crossing underneath and attracts attention. So I like in the history of every good team, they've had role players make plays. Like your role players have to make plays sometimes. So and I, I, I and those ones specifically, like I mean, it's hitting the guys in the hand. Yes, it's not asking them to do something extraordinary. I, I don't know which play is easier. One, Ray Ray is kind of a unique in theory. He should kind of be a little deep threat hybrid punt return guy. He's got to make that play. And Warner, I mean, that's a pretty basic backup tight end play, is it not? You know, like blown coverage. It's just that 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 would happen all around the NFL. That one you could see happening at the snap on TV. You're just like, oh my God, Kittle's wide open. And then it wasn't, that's what I thought. Like, oh, Kittle's going to be open when this camera changes. And it wasn't Kittle. It was Charlie Warner. But they, they clearly like Charlie Warner a lot, right? They've drafted him. They, he got, he was injured in training camp and they clearly, they had some other guys and they, they are, I mean, Dwelly is MIA. They, they like him more. I think he's more of a versatile physical player, but you have to make that play. But to me, Ray Ray, Ray Ray's been in the league a while. I mean, Ray Ray is not some little engine that could from Weaver State. Dude from Clemson. He's been playing in the NFL in big games. Clearly, they feels like they do like him, right? I mean, he plays for them. He had a very nice return last week. He had a good one this week. Yep. Um, he also makes you hold your breath. But that that play is and that 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 is a football play, though, right? I mean, that if you watch Power five football and NFL football, like the deep ball does hit guys' hands and hit the ground, I would say half the time. It, well, right? and that's and that I think is part of what makes it frustrating on this for this 49ers team is that it's not that play is not ever the result of quarterback breaks the pocket, fast receiver gets open down the field. Yeah, puts it well, although Jimmy did do the point to Kittle and missed him in the corner of the end zone. Now Schlereth thought Kittle should have run to the like, back. Mark, what are you talking about? it out too much. I mean, just hit him. I don't know what like yeah, Mark. He he just even if he took a step the other way, he wasn't wouldn't even have been close to the pylon. I thought that I like Schlereth. I thought that was just wrong. No, he was just running. Jimmy pointed. He puts his hand up, and Jimmy. That, that was a terrible throw. Well, imagine that play <laughs> happening. You know, I don't know. if People who are in their early twenties now play pickup football anymore, but in our day, we did. If that play just happened between two people who hadn't spent a bunch of time practicing, you'd be like, bro, you missed me. That would be it. That'd be the whole thing. You you missed me. That's it. That's, there's like, oh, I thought you were going to, you flattened it a little more. I thought you were going to angle back at 17 degrees. You missed him. You he missed pointed him. like this. Kittle turned, ran <laughs> that way, and he, he airmailed him. I pointed there, not there. So uh, my, my point is that play for the Niners is always the result of like mad scientist. Oh, we set this one up in the first half, so it'll work this time, right? Oh, we set this one up with seven runs, so it'll work this time. That's how they have to do it. It's it's never the result of Jimmy breaks contain, scramble drill, everybody go deep. Scramble drill is like everybody come back. It just doesn't 
that play requires, and this, they, they are, um, I don't, I don't have a, a very expensive Italian sports car, but people say like those cars are very, um, uh, uh, um, high maintenance, like one little, just one little, the pH level is just a little off and the car does not perform as it's supposed to perform as opposed to just, you know, Ford pickup or Honda Accord or whatever, that's just going to drive for a long time. And that's the Niners offense. Like it is a very high maintenance offense. Everything has to be in the right spot. And that's very difficult. It's it, it's, that's very difficult to play that way. It's like, you, especially when you're down 14 points. Corey on the stream says, I feel like this is the same offense uh, we would have seen in any of the last three seasons if the defense wasn't elite. The defense has carried them this year, and that's a mask for this offense. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the defense has definitely carried the team. I mean, it's just not, not even debatable. But it's not like they don't have good players on offense. I mean, they have George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. Do you know how many teams in the league would sign up for that? Like the 49ers, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. Those guys... London was the eighth pick. Pitts was the fourth. The 49ers would not trade their guys for those guys. Now, who maybe I'm wrong in a couple years, but would they trade Debo and I wouldn't. Those guys are sweet, though. They they are. Those guys are big. And it could be a, yeah, they're different. Drake London was in Diamador Lenore's ear the whole game. But, like, Ayuk is sweet now, like, getting open with ease. He's sweet. Yeah, I mean, he had eight catches for 83 yards and two touchdowns today. But but you'd be like, okay, Kyle Pitts can be a star. That's true. But, like, they have George Kittle. I mean, it's, so if they can't use George Kittle, why would they be able to use Kyle Pitts? I mean, it's like, like, they got it. Now, Drake London is, but you know, he's better than Jawan Jennings, but they have that body type. Yeah, I mean, the one thing you would say the Niners don't have is they don't have DK Metcalf, Stephon Diggs down the field, down the sideline, consistently beat guys. Because if you had that, that guy would be running that route instead of Ray Ray McLeod. But whatever, they don't, they're not throwing the ball to that guy anyway. So I, I just do believe that IU can do it. I, I know that Kyle doesn't, but I, you know, well, I, I, why doesn't he? I mean, just, I, I don't always think he knows. Right, let me rephrase that. I don't saying, always like, think, I don't always think he's right. But I'm not talking about Kyle. I'm just saying how often is Ayuk running past a corner 25, 30 yards down the field? We don't even ask him to. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'd be all for it. I just, you don't see it. I mean, we saw it today, and I think we'll see when we watch the tape. I think the tape will show that Jimmy did not throw a great ball to Ayuk, who had the corner beat. I think that's what I'll see, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. He had about like a step. I mean, it wasn't, I I wouldn't say it was wild. But I think that step got erased because the ball was under oh i don't know that's my guess i I agree step got erased because the ball did not lead iuk enough um john before we go any further let's tell the people about our friends at sleepnumber.com slash ham whether you like your bed nice and extra 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 cloud soft like john sleep number 40 or me still very soft but a little firmer Sleep number 55 you go to sleepnumber.com slash ham to discover special offers now and for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. You got temperature struggles keeping you awake at night? Luckily, mm-hmm. you can adopt some small bedtime habits that will help you sleep when it's too warm or too cold. Take a warm shower before bed. Eating cooling foods on warmer nights. 
Stay well hydrated. I, I always keep a little water next to the bed. Call it night water. Slam that water. Night you never water. know when you need to have, you know, dog gets night water. Humans get night water. Uh, helps you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. That's the key, guy. Better sleep, more productive. Hopefully you don't have, uh, you know, 18-minute drives with uh, five minutes left in a game. Did you say, did it say take a warm shower? Take a warm shower. Yes, that's bed. a sneaky curveball. You would think, I, I'm hot, let me take a cold shower. No, 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 no. Because what happens when you get out of a cold shower? Juice is going. The air outside is warmer than the water was. You take a yep. hot shower, what happens after a hot shower? Every time you get out, you're cold. There you go. Sleep number knows. This is just part of a whole thing. Eight out of ten couples say one of them sleeps too hot or too cold. Science tells us that regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. So this is where sleepnumber.com slash ham comes in. Discover the new Climate 360 smart bed, the only smart bed in the world that actively cools, warms, and effortlessly responds to both of you. Sleepers who use their 360 smart bed technology enjoy 28 minutes of more restful sleep per night. Yep. Choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number because to be at your best every day, you need a proven quality sleep every night. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Do you remember the thing in high school where everyone was like, oh, he, he passed out, he's asleep? We'll put his hand in a bucket of water and make him pee himself. I, I, I do. Did that ever I, work? I feel like it did work. Uh, I, I, I just feel like that got skipped pretty fast to uh, chiefing people, which was uh, <laughs> which was chiefing people where you drew all over their face? It was, was the that Andy like Reid. Yeah. yeah what, what was the thing where you threw like uh, – you know, baking soda or baking powder all over a guy's face. Antiquing. Remember that one? <laughs> Anyone ever get an antique where you throw shit all over their face and they wake up? That was another one. I think that was like a Steve-O Johnny Knoxville thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who somehow are still going strong, it feels like, 30 years, 20 years later. Yeah, Steve-O. Yeah, both of them. I once went with about 10 people at Cal Poly to watch Steve-O in Napomo. And what did he do? You know, like... Cut himself, was like lit himself on fire. Yeah, like shot his partner. I mean, they just did that stuff for like, like on an a hour. stage. Is that what on it was? a like stage? A stage? Yeah, like in the Pomo. Yeah, there was probably a thousand people the there. A- you just kind of out in the cuts between probably like San Luis and Paso oh, Robles okay. type deal. Town the Pomo's a town. Yeah, it'd, it'd be like uh, Salinas or Merced or just I mean the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably not going to sell out Staples Center, you know, back in 2004. <laughs> like, what are you here to do? I'll light myself on fire. I'm going to take a shotgun with rubber pellets, and I'm going to have this guy bend over 15 feet away. I'm going to shoot him in the ass. Uh, and then if he's able to last, I'll light him on fire, and then I will shoot him. <laughs> Imagine, like, like, sometimes the paramedics are like, all right, you guys, we need you to go park out at the football stadium, high school football tonight. You guys just park over there in case something happens. But these paramedics get the call to go to go to that show. Just wait can backstage you, until they need you. Can you imagine when they shot their movie? I, I would imagine there's some protocol on a movie, you know, insurance. If something goes wrong, right, someone right. gets injured. After once it was pretty established what they were doing, the insurance costs they would have. Oh, yeah. Or I wonder if they were ever uninsured. Like, I would guess so, yeah. John, little note here. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo today passed Colin Kaepernick for seventh all-time of the Niners all-time passing list. He's now just 2,000 yards behind Alex Smith for sixth on the all-time list and uh, 4,000 yards behind Y.A. Tittle, who let, who lit up the game back in the day. Um, uh, Jeff Garcia sneaky fourth on the all-time passing list. But How about Spurrier cracking the top ten? Steve Spurrier, yeah, you're right. The bottom two, Steve DeBerg and Steve Spurrier. Are, uh, Wouldn't you say it's a, it, this list – I mean, Montana and Young basically held, you know, 20 years of time where no one else could right, get any right, throws. So, right. you know, Spurrier probably is cooking the books a little bit there at 5,200 yards and 33 touchdowns. 
on some other teams, people would argue like, ah, well, you know, the game has changed. But really, when you think about it, Garoppolo, average depth of target versus a Steve Young or Joe Montana, West Coast offense. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not that different, you know? You know, the See, game's wide open now. It's like, well. <laughs> I think it was Steve's birthday everybody. last week. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Steve. If you're listening or any of his buddies, you know, you used to deny me when I tried to have him on the podcast. If he's, yeah. Invite's still open. Still open. One thing uh, he'll not, give Steve is he'll give takes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's got opinions. Uh, bring RG3 with him. Uh, the Niners started the Falcons game on Sunday without six defensive starters. Nick Bosa, Emmanuel Mosley, Jimmy Ward, Aziz Alshire, Eric Armstead, and Javon Kinlaw, who hit IR, by the way, last week since our last podcast. And then during the game, uh, the following things happened. Uh, Samson Ebicam got hurt, came back, got hurt, came back. <laughs> after Talanoa Hufunga went into the concussion test, before Drake Jackson went into the blue medical tent, both Jackson and Hufunga came back. The independent spotter sent Ray Ray McLeod to the sideline. Mike McGlinchey hurt his calf. He did not return. Uh, Traverius Ward did not return from his groin injury. Brandon Ayuk had a calf cramp. He did come back. And after John had already changed the channel, uh, uh, Flanagan Fowles injured his knee at the end of the game, unknown uh, on his status. Per I think that's right as I changed the channel. When, when Flanagan Fowles was laying there, I said, I've, I've seen enough. As you tweeted, D'Amico might have to throw a uniform on. Pretty nuts. Uh, you know, what's funny is McGlinchey did. Remember, he gets hurt. He comes back and he's kind of limping. And then clearly he goes back out and then he's out. Charvarius just disappears. And then they start. Mooney. I'll give McGlinchey some credit on this one. Like, I, I think McGlinchey's a pretty tough guy. I think he tried. He just knows. Remember, there yeah. was that scene where, like, Trent Williams is walking right next to him. I, I think he knows we are in major fucking trouble. I agree. Listen, I, I, it's hard for me to blame a coach or a GM for this. It's pretty insane, guy. Like, we, you know, we, we've talked about it for years and years and years. It's hard to just be numb when every fucking game, two or three, starters go down. It's one thing like, yeah, just some random dude, kick him to the curb, get another practice squad guy. That, that is just, you're just holding your breath every time. Like, God, if Fred Warner were to go down or Debo were to go down, what the hell would they do? And then even the moment where he clearly just had a cramp, you're like five seconds ahead of me and you text me like, oh my God, it was Ayuk. And you just, you just assume right. like, did he just break a leg? Well, that's what I thought happened to Ebicam. I mean, their first drive, Larry had a pretty funny line. Like, is there a max where you can get hurt, limp off, come back, limp off, come back, limp off? Because I think a lot of these guys are doing it because they know where the team's at, right? Like, we Coming can't back. keep losing all these people. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, like, the first Ebicam one just looked really scary, didn't it? It looked yeah. scary. And uh, I guess Ufunga had already been pulled from the game by the time Ebicam got hurt on the goal line the first time around. Um, who Funka falls under unless you're a quarterback like oh, I was like you might have a concussion you'll get checked come back in the game he keeps crushing everybody it's like yeah no one cares at any other position except quarterback oh I didn't even mention in that list that it happened to Debo Debo oh, the got independent guy yeah, yeah. They, yeah. So it happened to him and it happened to uh, Ray Ray who Ray Ray I saw it too on TV I Ray think Ray, that guy Ray is Ray being pushed like a, a minimum three people a game and make oh, sure yeah. the uh, make sure the Make sure the play-by-play guy and analysis and uh, the guy analyzing the game know about it. So just send them a text. Here are their numbers. Every time you see, like, guys, just uh, checking Debo here. It's like, 
Debo wasn't even in the game. Just just doing my due diligence. It's like, yeah, well, guys, we get it. I did think when I saw Ray Ray got up and like did one of those head shakes, I'm like, oh, that's an immediate tester. And uh, that is what happened. So um, after the game, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, Bosa could be back this week against the Chiefs. And Trent Williams apparently could be back this week. Um, so that would be very good news for the 49ers. It's you know, the, the, I think to your point, as crazy as it is, like you don't take a beating and then say thank you, but it is. Uh, they've been really lucky in the sense that Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle have been very healthy because those guys are in a lot of collisions. Fred Warner obviously makes a ton of plays. Kittle, did, him Kittle the, did miss two games. Yeah, no, I just meant since, but you're right. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I thought also was just Chris Kacarek's guys do just keep making plays. Drake London had a sack for the second game in a row. Ebicam and Omena, who were everywhere. Givens, Hyder uh, um, uh, made a couple plays that really Ridge, stood out. Ridgeway made some plays. Ridgeway, I mean, it is. Kacarek is sa- just saves their ass every week. His squad, which I said a couple weeks ago, and I every time I watch him, I stand by this, is like the regular army, and then like the special forces show up to help the regular army, and that's Kacarek's squad. And they wear like a slightly different uniform, and they kind of think they're better than everybody else. But even though they're a little arrogant, like the rest of the army's like, fuck, we need these guys. Like they do the dirty work. They go in first. They're they're just fantastic. They just come in waves. So well, what's even to say at this point, though? Right? They they fire uh, yeah. trainers, I mean, they the fire turf, doctors. I I, they they just the turf. I, I, they, I had a thought today, just trying to think of new thoughts on this. Do they need to practice on turf sometimes? Like, are their bodies not properly acclimated to turf? I don't know. Maybe a stupid thing it crossed my mind today. Is is there something that happens when you don't play on turf because they practice and play on grass? Do they need to spend some time on turf? I don't know. Might be a dumb comment. Not sure, but crossed my Maybe. mind. I'll say this. If Ward is not able to go this week, that's a pretty big blow because yeah. one, he's obviously just a really good corner, but two, he's been practicing against this team for fucking his entire career. Like every single day, he went against Patrick Mahomes. And even last year, was Juju? No, I guess Juju, he never went against him. But he's gone against Hardeman. He he knows he can just be on the field to help communicate against Kelsey. That guy would be a pretty big loss. One, just from his talent. And two, from his just comfort with that colors. You know? He won't be like, oh, playing Patrick Mahomes. Which, clearly, those guys went out. And it the, the domino effect, because it was a double whammy, Mosley tears ACL, so you already have a backup starting, and then he goes. So all of a sudden, Womack, who got passed by Lenore, becomes a starting corner. And what happens? They immediately throw a touchdown to Kyle Pitts on Womack, which is probably not an ideal matchup. But in fairness to them, like, what are they supposed to do? You know, Ronnie Lott ain't walking through that door. Literally, nobody's walking through that door beside injured people. And every really- time that they immediately or throughout the game eventually say out. Like, do you expect? I mean, if you tell me McGlinchey's out for some time, I'll believe it. Did he strain his calf? It was weird. It, they said calf. He clearly banged his knee really hard on turf, which hurts. And he's big. And he, I, I thought limping off like that, that might be a, I don't know, some kneecap bruise or something. Um, at one point, I wasn't looking and pinion. I heard like pinion on the punt. I'm like, did Wisniewski get hurt this week and they signed Bradley pinion back? When did I miss that? I he did I have forgot. a sweet punt that landed at the one, the dude holding it, and then he pointed at the sky. That was <laughs> that's what I knew. It was uh 
Not their day. Was that the punt that started the uh, the ten the eight minute sixteen play drive? I feel like they, they, they have better starting field position on that. How about I that? I feel like There's they got pinned a couple at the times. end of the half, and somehow they, you know, Pinion kicks it from like where was he? His own twenty, and somehow the Niners started that drive at their thirty. Like they didn't get that great a field position. Joke. So uh, that was um, that was bad. So. I think one, you know, there's a question here too, which is, I don't want to do like some radio segment, which is like glass half full or glass half empty, but the NFC is wide open and the NFC West is wide open. And there's two ways to look at it. One is, well, you could have taken control of the NFC West with a win over the Falcons. They didn't. The Niners are still in first place in the (laughs) NFC West. The 49ers are still in first place in the NFC West. That means the 49ers still control their own destiny, all of that type of stuff. Very early, not early, but not even to the midway point of the season. They're in first place in the division. The division is well, shambles. <laughs> I took a little bathroom break in the afternoon. I thought you could just say bath. I was like, whoa. And uh, I took my phone with me, like as most humans do. And so I go to Twitter.com, and the first tweet I see is a Stafford pick six but the comment, the quote of the tweet is coming from our main man, Richard Sherman. Just to, and I, I appreciate it because I, I do it with Sark and I do it with Kyler. And we all have our, for whatever reason, maybe Stafford big time to at an event eight years ago. Who knows? But he says, like, look at this. Stafford keeping both teams in it since 2020, guy. Matt Stafford has nine pick sixes. Nine pick sixes. The second person on that league are several quarterbacks tied with four. Peterman? Uh, I don't know. Was there a list there? Did you have the list? No, it just just had like uh, five quarterbacks tied with four. Nine pick sixes. He, I mean, at one point in time, they were down in that game when he threw that pick. It was like 10 to seven. They ended up winning the game, but he is, he is a major roller coaster ride. The Arizona Cardinals stink. I mean, they are bad. I I, I think there's a chance some of these, I was going to say one of the worst business contracts in like modern day, but I mean, some of these contracts, you see these acquisitions are in billions. So it's ultimately given Kyler Murray, 160 million relative to like major corporation society is not that much money, but I would guess even in like wall street or whatever CEOs, that make a ton of cash for one individual, 160 or $170 million, a lot of money. That is a disaster. He still does enough to go. It's not like he's a total scrub, I think it has a chance when you factor in how much money it is to be one of the worst contracts of all time. We got a long way to go for that, but he's not throwing touchdowns. Like they're not scoring points. They they lost easily. And they were, they somehow they were favored in this game. It was felt like if I didn't retire for a couple weeks of gambling, well, they're playing the Seahawks. I mean, that was part of it, right? I know, but Seahawks, Gino's way better than him. Like watching that game, like (laughs) Kyler's just not good. But but my point is, that was a team last year who was a playoff team. They won 11 games. They feel like a five or six win team right now. I mean, their quarterback is in shambles, guy. And Seattle, we know, just is, they're just feisty, but Niners somehow kicked their ass. And the Rams, no boom, the the tackle that basically took, got carted off the field today. Carted off the field. They're on like their fourth center. Allen Robinson, for the first time I saw him make a play, I'd forgotten he was on the team. The hell of a play. It was pretty sweet, but it was a great catch. They are very dependent on is Cooper Cup 10. Yes, yeah, Skandrick is 18. 18. He made a sweet play today, Ironic. too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
They're their division, and and, and, and and you're not really really buying Seattle, and they're three and three, right? And you've beat them if you're the Niners. I do b- believe, and they're part of this. The, the NFC West is not good. Yeah, like I'm watching which, Cowboys, Philly in the background. Like there's this, their division is dramatically better. Like the Giants, the last two weeks have beat Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Like I don't know if they're a ten win team, but they're clearly not bad, <laughs> right? They're clearly way better than like Seattle and the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, the irony is like you would rather play if one game you had to win, would you rather play the Giants or the Cardinals right now if you're the 40 Manners? Maybe the Cardinals just because their coach and their quarterback feel off. Brian Dable might feels be like good. The quarterback would find a way. But he's not, uh, Daniel Jones not turning the ball over. No. Uh, Kyle could have thrown like three picks today. They don't have a field goal kicker either. That's part of the problem, right? They stopped kicking field goals. That's a problem. So, uh, Matt, is it Matt Amendola? Kenny? Kenny Amendola? <laughs> I, is, I, it, I, is it great Fresno State long snapper, Kenny Amendola? When do you think he'll get his uh, number retired? Uh, Devante. What number did Devante? Devante were 17 in college? I can't even remember now. 15, I think. Oh, 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked like it was a moment. I think they had a sellout for that. Beat San Jose State. Barely, but did. Barely, but did. I mean, San Jose State was favored by eight and a half points. Did send someone to the hospital. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't think you're allowed to build without um, uh, the the kind of like the shard-proof glass anymore. You want to tell um, the story? Because I'm trying to- <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. There are some people who probably don't know the story. So apparently in the Fresno State-San Jose State game, which is what you all came here to listen to us talk about, a, a grad assistant or an assistant coach? What not the defensive graduate assistant threw a headset and punched a window. The initial news story just said punched a, a, a window in the coach's box, and you know this it's old. Stadium's old. These are not um, what's the word? I texted it to you earlier. It's they're not the glass is not um, compact or tempered. It's untempered yeah. glass. Like tempered glass is supposed to shatter into really small pieces when it breaks, and so there's not shards. Well, this thing is untempered, old glass, bam, breaks, shards, a mom and a little girl sent to the hospital, Valley Children's Hospital of all places, which is the sponsor of the stadium, Valley Children's Hospital Stadium. And uh, that coach has been not uh, fun, not, not fun. Uh, apparently suspended. But yeah, that's what that's what happened to the Fresno State. Sources say she's a, also a uh, a Fresno State employee. So it it uh, she might be headed toward an early retirement because she going to oh, win. I hope it's not bad. Did they, is it bad? No, I've heard she's I, I think she's out of the hospital. OK, good. Uh, Cardinals play at home against the Saints next week. That's a terrible game. Seahawks. Seahawks play at the Chargers next week. That's actually semi intriguing, but would lean toward bad better than than like really good. And then Rams are on a bye next week. And then and then the Niners play the Rams at L.A. So the Rams are going to be three and three when the Niners play them. The question is, are the Niners going to be three and four? And they need a win to get back to 500. And then the Rams have eliminated the Niners tiebreaker against them. Or are they going to be four and three? You know, same deal with the head to head. But I mean, are the Niners an underdog this week? They are two and a half points. So the Niners are plus two and a half at home against Chiefs. Yeah. Seahawks Giants in two weeks, by Does the way. Does that feel right? Or should the number be like four and a half? Um, well, I mean, you factor in if factor in the injuries. 
and the three points. So it's really like your it's like a six point swing almost. Yeah. Yeah. And you gotta, you know, let it let it build or not. So well, as as we were watching the end of the Bills game when Mahomes throws that pick, like you would have wanted them coming off a win with basically three straight wins would have been pretty big, right? Beating Brady, beating the Raiders on Monday night, and then beating even though I think ultimately the Chiefs, not that today didn't matter, but like every time they play until the Bills actually get over the hump, it's a bigger deal for the Bills. Yeah. Because what ultimately today, one thing it meant for the Bills, it is a big deal for the Chiefs because today kind of, I mean, is that home field advantage? Are the Bills a 13 and four, 14 and three team and they had the one seed? Sure looks like it. Because the one seed, you know, like these new baseball setups it's a pretty it's obviously a huge deal to be one the one or the two seed right and you don't have to play that first series you might get knocked out like right. the Mets won 101 games but because they didn't win the division they're fucking going home they won a bunch more games than the Cardinals but they ended up in the yeah I mean I how many games the Phillies win like 84 85 because they're going to San Diego when I saw the promo I was like who's hosting this series well the Phillies didn't at one point in time it was like Going in the last week of the season, the Giants are only four games behind the Phillies. I know. It yeah. was like three. Te- if three teams got swept and the Giants won six games down the stretch, they were going to be in the playoffs. So the one thing in the AFC, like the one and two seed right now, are the Bills and the Chiefs. So the the Chiefs, if they're not the one seed, you could argue like whether they're the four or the two, it doesn't really matter, right? For them, it's either the one seed or whatever. We'll just win the division. The the NFC, though, you know, three of the top four teams are all in the NFC East. So that's going to play itself out, right? Ultimately, I think most people are kind of shorting the Giants' big picture. But you keep stacking wins. Like, you get to five and one. If they just had, like, a one and four stretch, they would still be six and five. Would the 49ers sign right up right now for to be six and five? I think yeah. I would. I would sign up to be six and five. So it just shows you they are... I looked at their schedule the other day, too, guy. Here's the thing. You know the Giants coming up games? They have multiple games with the Commanders. They have not played them yet. Next week, it's the Jags. Then they play Seattle. Then they play the Texans. Then they play the Lions. So they've already lost. Their one loss is the Cowboys. they got to play the Eagles twice. But they still have a lot of winnable games. Yeah. You know, it's but, it's not inconceivable that they're get around the nine mark. No, it's pretty crazy they're 5-1. and one. And even though they are you know, somewhat limited because of their quarterback. They've just, if you just say, like, put it this way. If you said all the rest of their games are coin flips and half of those games come up heads and half of those games come up tails, well, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even if they get swept by the Eagles and the Cowboys, they still might be able to go to 10 and seven or nine and eight. And nine and eight, I think, has a pretty good chance to be right in the mix in the NFC. It did last year and it did this year. Well, look at the teams right now that are the seven seed is the Rams three and three. Green Bay is out three and three. Atlanta's three and three. Seattle's three and three. Now we think, well, in the end, Green Bay or the Rams, they'll be better than the Giants or whatever. But I see the Packers got some issues. Yeah. In in Tampa, I mean, could they go nine and eight and win the division? Could they go eight and nine and win the division? Probably. That'd be Saints win today. Uh, Saints. No. Who did the Saints play today? I did not see any of that game. Joe Burrow. Oh, I did not watch that game. They lost 30 to 26. Burrow threw three touchdowns. They the Saints are two and four. They 
Do you know where that game was? That was at home. It's not like they lost Cincinnati. Well, they are, but but what, what? Why should the Saints be good? No, I know, but it's just they clearly have some good players. They they just are not winning these tight games. They've lost a bunch of games by like two or three points. Joe like on the, the stream. Saints 22-14, Like They were just playing in these. The difference of Dennis Allen and Sean Payton is pretty big. Yeah. Well, I mean, the quarterback difference is pretty big, too, but you're right. I mean. You know what Thursday, Sean, night, you know what Thursday night football is Saints at Cardinals. <laughs> That's uh, whoever loses at two and five. It just season's kind of over. And honestly, whoever wins at three and four, you're not totally dead. You know, no. In the NFC. No. Well, I mean, yeah, no, you're not. Because I, I just think, like, Cardinals have Hopkins point, coming back. Are the the Cardinals are the Packers about to find it? I, I don't think so. I mean, but they have Aaron Rodgers. The Bucks thing. Sean Payton today was. I saw a halftime. One of the Fox halftimes with Sean Payton on it. On Sunday Ticket, I just saw Sean Payton talking about something, so I unmuted it. And he was talking about Brady, and he was saying, you know, they were I, – I think they were – were they score? did they have no points or three points at halftime today? Nine points, whatever it was. They were like down 10 to 9 at the half, I think, the Bucks to the Steelers. Steelers beat the Bucks today. Bucks are 3-3. Three and three. And Sean Payton's like, look, Brady didn't practice on Wednesday. He didn't travel with the team or go to walkthrough because he went to Robert Kraft's wedding. And then – you know, he's on the sideline screaming at his offensive line, like getting mad at guys. Well, you're the one mispractice. And Sean, and I'm these are I'm kind of paraphrasing Sean Payton. And he said, and and you had the thing before the season where you missed 10 games. Like, even if it's not about anybody being mad, you have missed preparation time, and now our team doesn't look good. So is it because you left? Maybe, maybe not. But it's just those are the facts. And I did think like Tom Brady's on your team. You are so happy Tom Brady's on your team. But it's kind of weird to get on the plane to go to a game. He's not there, he doesn't go to walk through. It's like, well, family issue, you know, because even Sean said, like, sometimes someone misses death in the family, uh, birth of a child. Meets whatever. us there. Going to Robert Kraft's wedding. Yeah. Well, he's an untouchable. Of course. And I, of course, yeah, I get but it. But he has not, but it doesn't feel like he's done this first couple of years, right? He's been all in. And it does feel like he's half out now. And it's, they are. The guy that retired, John? And unretired? <laughs> Are you questioning his dedication? That guy, which you could make the argument he's the most dedicated guy. I, know. I think I, I think Kobe, but I just mean like yeah. in the history of sports, and he's no longer that guy. It's not the same. I, because I, part of his dedication was like the one. And listen, I I earned a, I gained a lot of respect for Kobe. You know, like after he died, and like his older self. But like the difference of like Kobe and Tom, who just all they thought about was their sport and they were just up early, sleep and do whatever it took. Like Tom really worked on being one of the guys. Like, I have to earn your respect, right? Like bring the O lineman over to my house. Well, if he's losing that element of him, that's a problem. Cause if I'm like the right guard, like, what the fuck? Like, I know it's Tom Brady, but shit, Tom, where the fuck you been? In the history of time, like that only takes you so far if you don't perform, right? And that was, I think, Howie, one of those guys made the point. Or no, it was Bradshaw. It's like, well, if you're going to do all that, it's fine as long as you're great. Um, and right now, they just they just feel off. Like the Bucks are just are off. Well, I think the Niners, Bucks, and Packers, who are three teams that I picked to just be a powerhouse right there with the 
with the Rams, I throw the Rams here too, are not that good. You know, are just are just in weird places for yeah. different reasons. The Tom thing's weird. Uh, the Packers just clearly offensively they are in a weird rut. I saw Aaron Rodgers' comment was like, "We got to simplify things." The Niners just have injuries up the fucking wazoo. The Rams. You know, I, I, I think we underestimated. I know he's 40 years old, but that Whitworth just retiring, when you have no picks and no money, there is just no like, oh, we'll just, let's just go sign uh, Lane Johnson. Like, no, they, they they honestly just had no options, right? It was just whoever was on their team kind of elevate. Like if Trent Williams just retired, what would the Niners have done, right? They would just, McKibbitts just would have been their start. You know, they just would probably would have been screwed. I don't even blame them. Like it just, it is what it is. I don't blame Whitworth. He's like, I'm 40. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I just won the Super Bowl. But I would bet they, I wonder if they tried, hey, Andrew, you know, we'll give you a little raise. That's a huge uh, I loss. I bet they that. did. I mean, Andrew they on the stream would says, would he come uh, back now? I don't know. He looks pretty chill. You see, the Thursday night football games aren't good enough for him. Well, I just wonder, well, hey, man, we'll give you 10 million bucks. But I, I don't know. I think you, the further you get from it, the more you're just like, this is, I don't know. It depends. I, life's pretty good. Andrew on the stream says, with the current injuries and amount of Falcon run yards today, what about uh, calling up Indomitian Sue? Given form and penalties, is it time to bench Brendel? Uh, so two different questions there. So what about Indomitian Sue? I, <laughs> Tweets a lot about the economy and rents, rent they, prices. Their D-line's fine. I, I think their D-line's fine. I mean, even with all the injuries, Kinlaw and IR, like all these guys – their D line is not the problem. Now, I don't I say do, that sarcastically either. Sue's a what? good economic follow. He tweets a lot about like financial situations just in America, rent, mortgages. He's he's on top I'm, of it. Remember I'm Warren Buffett? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'll I'll go follow Indomitian. But um, the the Falcons did have basically. Remember Algier? Like he was a good running back at BYU, and the Huntley guy. Who I honestly, before watching the Falcons last week, I did not know where he came from. But the two of them was just. A little bowling ball, one-two punch. They ran. They were the combined thirty-one carries for one hundred and ten yards. One of them had fifteen carries. One of them had sixteen carries. You know the meme where the guy's walking with the girl and looking back, and the other girl's walking the other way that yeah. everyone's been using for years. Yeah, that feels like be Kyle, be like Jeff Wilson, and then you could just put the two Falcons running backs like their names on that chick. That yeah. would be a good meme for today. Don't you think? Dude, I just envision him looking like, I love these two guys. Well, here, he's going to love him even more when he finds out Caleb Huntley was undrafted out of Ball State. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's asking John Lynch, why weren't we all over this guy? But it's crazy. Like, that happens to the Niners. It's pretty clear you watch that guy. You're like, this guy's playing in the NFL for a while. Yeah. Like that running back. It's, it's also clear watching the Niners that they do not have the punch with their run game, in part because of who their running backs are that they have had in the past. Do you agree with that? They're just, I mean, they're, best running back is injured when you lose your best player like if i just if huntley got hurt i would imagine the guy he's ahead of is just like there's a drop there, eventually there becomes a drop off at positions right but i'm watching the game today like there's a reason guys are backups they are not as good as the starter if they thought they were they would play sometimes like in college they'd be like you know they a lot of unknown here with this redshirt freshman and then they find out he's good but it's pretty rare that it's like you know, uh, here comes, the, you know, a star player gets hurt and like in comes the senior. Like the reason the senior's the backup is he's not good enough. You know, like Brendel benching him for who? Like he's probably their best center. Now his, 
it can unravel on you. I think when it starts going bad like that, his last penalty was like the double snap. It's like, oh, he's just, he's not thinking straight. Yeah. He's probably super mad at himself. And I'm not trying to be like his defender here. Just makes a terrible penalty on a huge play. Pissed off at himself. Offensive lineman, you know, there were a lot of, you know, they're used to getting yelled at. And then he, the double snap is clearly, it's like, oh, this is a disaster. Was it him that had the, uh, do you have a fumble recovery today? Well, Debo had the one. But somebody, a bunch of people tweeted at me and said that they thought Ayuk's knee was down because it did feel like nobody made a big deal about it. So maybe everybody knew that Ayuk's knee was down on that play. Um, you get yelled at. Offensive players get yelled at. You're not allowed to put the ball over the pylon unless it's like goal to go. Like we're going to lose the game. Well, you know, that was play the game or whatever. Specifically, Belichick. Belichick yeah. doesn't let you do it. But I've seen like uh, college coaches and a lot of people now. It's it's become a huge point of emphasis, right? It's happened so many places. Does that ever come up with DBs? Or they're just like, "Fuck, man, I'm scoring." <laughs> you know, I, hard to play, blame him. It was that was such a crazy fumble that I watched him like, "Should you be allowed to fumble forward? Like basically throw the ball forward into the end zone?" Now no one does it because you if it goes out of bounds, it's like it's you know instead of having it first and goal on the one, it goes back to the other team, but should you be allowed to throw the ball forward into the end zone for one of your guys to recover? Well, you know how you always say, like, when you watch a game with Alyssa, or you watch a game with your mom, or just someone that's not as lucky, and they just ask basic questions, because, like, I'm watching yeah. the game with Maria, she's like, I don't understand why that is allowed. How is that possible? And you think, like, why is that allowed? Because yeah. I'm just like, ah, this is the rule, you know, if it would have gone out of bounds, Niners would have got to the 20, they get lucky, fall on it, it's like, good play. But then you think about it, like, that's pretty stupid. Yeah, you know, that was a terrible play on his part, right? Yeah. You should yeah. not well, be able you could argue you should not like a basic just rule. You fumbled in the end zone, even if your team it automatically goes to the five yard line or something. Is that too just arbitrary and random? You're saying if if I fumble it if I fumble it into the end zone in right. my own team, I don't get the points, but I do recover the ball and I give it to you at the five yard line. Gotcha. You know, something like there are certain plays in basketball where it's like, well, you just you get the ball or whatever. It's one of those like I'm not giving you the ball at the one, but I'm not making you go back to the 20, but just start at the five first down. How about that? Is that too random and arbitrary or is that kind of fair? Because the touchdown to me feels like and people have complained forever. You shouldn't it shouldn't go back to the 20. So you shouldn't go back to the other team, which I love that. I think it's just like one of the weirdest. It's so punitive that I think it's like, OK, if you're going to reach out, this thing could really. Okay, why not that? If it goes out of bounds, the other team gets to the 20. If you recover it, you get it back at the 20. But it's a punitive play. Oh, you're saying that the Falcons should have got the ball but lost like 17 yards. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to play. figure I'm yeah. just trying to talk it out, you know. I do, you know, one thing you made me wonder, I don't know, like there are rules about late in the game, you can't like the guy that fumbles the ball, the ball carrier, right? Like the ball carrier can't fumble it forward into the end zone on like fourth down with 30 seconds left and somebody else recovers it. Yeah. I don't that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, like, I hand the ball off to you on fourth down. You can't, as you're going down, throw it forward and have somebody else recover it. Yeah. But you can have that play, so it's it's uh, kind of wild. Um, a few other uh, few of the notes, John. Uh, Patriots dominated the Browns today. Bailey Zappi back-to-back 300-yard games. Uh, if you draft Bailey Zappi, you get credit, but if you make him your third-string quarterback, do you? Uh, you know, fair questions to be asked about the, uh, the Patriots, but Mac Jones... Uh, 
I'd say he's in a little trouble right now. The old uh, drive it off the lot, and all of a sudden the price goes down. <laughs> what can he be? Can he be had in the trade? You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Ravens lose to the Giants. We mentioned the flip side of the Giants, five and one. Ravens are three and three. Jets beat the Packers, twenty-seven to ten. Zach Wilson, ten of eighteen for one ten in a win. Brees Hall, one hundred and sixteen yards rushing. I think back-to-back big games for him. Uh, Skylar Thompson. Why was why was Teddy Two Gloves not the starter today? Uh, he was cleared to play. Skylar Thompson started. Maybe Teddy didn't practice. I, my guess is Teddy didn't practice much, and that's why he was the emergency quarterback. I think for you the know, they're trying to keep the heat off him. You know. <laughs> uh, Colts were getting their asses kicked by the Jags. We mentioned Matt Ryan. They came from behind to win that game. Did you see the game-winning pass? I did not. He got crushed and threw it up to this 14, I don't know, some random guy. Matt Ryan It was pretty did. sweet with like 14 seconds left. They were in field goal range, but it was, you know, Matt Ryan had a big fucking day. I mean, he had 45 of, or 42 of 58 for almost 400 yards, three touchdowns. Touchdown was sweet. Right, the, they're they're kind of I mean they're three and two. Uh somehow the Panthers have PJ Walker and Jacob Eason. Forgot about Jacob Eason's on their team. I don't know if you caught that late. Uh Tennessee find a hundred thousand dollars down for storming the field. That's so and taking the goalpost. How they got the goalposts out of there was really impressive. Engineers, those people. I think they took it over and threw it down. That's incredible. Like. Did you see the video of the Tennessee fan getting the field sobriety test and all the other Tennessee fan like he's like trying to walk the line which is the stop sign like that white so line funny. and everyone in the bar is rooting him on so funny that, that, was, out. that was as good of a college football game as you can get that that was that's as good as a pitch college football has that that was awesome it was awesome <laughs> hundred thousand plus what'd you think of Bryce, Bryce were you watching Bryce Young thinking 
This is an NFL star quarterback. I text with a buddy who's on a team that might have a chance to get it. He said, the evaluation, there is no evaluation. He is the best quarterback in the class. It, you don't need to, it's not even that debatable. Like as a player, he's a remarkable player. He said that the question is just, he is tiny. He is really small guy, 180 pounds. They've heard he actually is weighed in smaller than that. Like he is very small. Wow. But, even my guy, I'm like, well, he's not your typical California softie. He's like, no, if you didn't know, you'd be like, where's he from? You're like, bet Odessa, Texas or something. How tough was that guy? Yeah. Getting destroyed. But, but there's a different. I see. This is, I think, a good point because there's a difference between height and small. And like Tua gets tossed around and Kyler's been hurt several times. Russ is not tall, but Russ does not get Russell Wilson in his career has not been thrown around ragdolled by defensive linemen. Right. Well, he weighs 180 pounds, so it's... Bryce, for, Bryce Young is like closer to us. He's not a short guy so much as he is a, sm- a smaller, built, he's slight. So, someone tweeted at me, well, Jalen Hurts isn't that big. So I typed in, what was the combine? What do you think Jalen Hurts was at the combine? Height? S- weight. Oh, oh. I mean, I'm looking at him right now. He's, he's squatting 700 pounds, so I'm going to say 210. 222. Yeah, I mean, they're not. <laughs> see, there's a difference between short and small. People are not back. worked up about his height. Yeah. Right? Like, ultimately, Kyler is failing because clearly doesn't doesn't feel like he's all in on football. Doesn't care enough. Like, his talent, no one can catch him. <laughs> you know, he can make all these sweet throws. He can run around at any moment, run for 50 yards. I, I would imagine if truly, if Cliff was in here, like, why is this guy fucking up? It's like, I just don't think he even cares anymore. I, I don't even think... I, does he like he likes Sundays like running around, but does he like football on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? I don't think so. I'm watching Bryce Young going, I'd want to go to war with that guy. But I do think it's fair is these defensive linemen are so huge, are so huge and fast. Like every guy, to me, the two games that I've watched start to finish of Bryce Young, because a lot of Alabama games, you just kind of zone out or change the channel, were Tennessee and Georgia. I guess I watched two Georgia games last year and some of the playoff games, but the final remember the Georgia national championship where he was getting killed and he just kept swinging in that game. I, I think people in NFL circles are going to just rave about the, like the competitor. Yeah. But it's like, you could also say, is he kind of reckless? <laughs> I mean, I thought a couple times yesterday, it's like, Bryce, you gotta be careful. You're going to die. But he'd be like, well, I'm not dying now. I hop back up. He got hit a couple times that I didn't think he was going to get back up, and he just hops back up. How about Hendon Hooker? That guy's not Tennessee's bad. Tennessee's guy. That place, I mean, the lights just flashing and flashing and flashing and fireworks shooting up from the top of the stadium and just 100,000 people emptying onto the grass. How cool is the picture? They tweeted it out, and it kind of went viral of the dude that got five touchdowns and Peyton with cigars in the locker room. Like It's pretty to have that moment. And to have Peyton be a pretty major part of the moment, like he's there. I mean, I the Tennessee people, Kenny Chesney, he tweeted out a picture of like after the game, him on the top. Like, that's a big moment for the diehards, you know? I give Peyton a lot of credit. I was texting with someone. He goes to a lot of events. If I was that him and that rich and I'd played that many years, like, would you go to every Denver Bronco game? Like, he's going to be at the Denver Bronco. Is Denver Look, Bronco he liked game? it. It's money like football. Yeah, but but is it? I think it's oh, in LA. A Manning cast. Yeah, I. But if he didn't have a Manning cast and it was in Denver, he would go. 
And I last night's not as crazy. Like it's the biggest game. Like I understand, but you'll just be watching like Warriors Nuggets. I'll be like, oh, there's Peyton with his son Marshall. It's like, yeah, this guy attend like 20 NBA games, dude. This he guy just lives. Just- he just lives the life of 13 year old Peyton when he just used to go to all the games. <laughs> He's just enjoying his life, and I, I admire that. Uh, I did read the uh, Josh Heupel article you recommended on the last podcast on the Athletic before the game on Saturday. It was very good. I understood reading. It, I was like, oh yeah, these guys can win. This you, know what's, legit. you know what's funny is my friends in the NFL, two guys that they don't like. And when NFL people don't like you, it's because you're not a welcoming program. Like they love the Sabins, the Kirby's, uh, you know, Mario's, like all, all Sabins guys, just like, do whatever you need. You know, it's like, yeah, fuck. You want to you want to come to the staff meeting? Like it's just Scott Frost and Heipel are tough to deal with. And both, you know, former quarterbacks, both big time right national champions and scott was terrible and this and clearly i mean is hypo a borderline like star coach i mean is it even debatable at this point well i mean he just beat Saban. and now he's his schedule i gotta look at it again i think they still play kentucky and georgia coming up like tennessee schedule is one that if they get through it it's gonna be star making games and they just scored more points on i, I, don't, I don't remember the exact stat but i is it the most points bama's they scored more points than Johnny Manziel scored on Saban. It was it was I think historic on a few levels, the the amount of points Tennessee scored in that game. I've been watching Tennessee pretty closely this year because I thought they were going to be pretty good, and I guess they've been on TV. I mean, they literally are. Like you watch them, like they their offense, which is his baby, right? He's the it's his offense. He's the offensive play call. It's just a pretty impressive operation. Like they feel, he feels like they kind of got just. If you're Tennessee, he's getting an extension at the end of the season, right? Ten and two, or eleven and one, or whatever. This thing happens. Did you get one this week? <laughs> so could they lose to Georgia and still make the playoffs at like eleven and one? Would they probably be the team now? Well, uh, it depends on their. Di- I mean, they're in the same division, so if they lose to Georgia, they would. And Georgia runs the table. They would. It'd be hard for them to go to the conference championship. Would game. be impossible. Yeah, yeah. If Georgia ran, they would need Georgia. If they lose to Georgia, my point is they need Georgia to lose twice. Yeah. So it would be one, pretty hard. One thing I saw people saying is like Alabama still controls their own destiny because they still play, you know, Ole Miss, all the teams ahead of them. Yeah. And then they either get Georgia unbeaten or one lost Georgia or one lost Tennessee, blah, blah, blah in the conference title game. SC, the SC Utah game was also incredible. Caleb Williams is fucking, I mean, Cam rising out. I mean, just won the game. Both of those quarterbacks, I think they combined for like 960 passing yards and 10 touchdowns total, like rushing and throwing. Caleb is incredible. I don't know if you've talked to me about him because he's not draft eligible, but he makes some plays that are just ridiculous. Even Nick Aliotti, who was Chip's DC at Oregon. And, you know, I mean, he's old school football guy. I was like, what do you think? He's like, I think he's Superman. Like, I, you know, he's not throwing around compliments left and right. I, I think the reason he, I, I think the reason NFL people haven't locked on to him is because they know they can't come out, and there are so many other top quarterbacks that people are just locked in and picking apart. Yeah. You just don't have the time. It's like you need to do, learn everything about Will Levis, C.J. Stroud. I'd say Tanner McKee. Would you say has come back to earth a little bit? <laughs> he's not talented. Notre I mean, Dame this week. I know, yeah. but he's not. But you're still gonna. He's still gonna be a t- like if he gets picked in the third round, like Davis Mills. That'll be a pretty talented third round it, pick. So you are exactly. watching him. It feels like there are going to be, I'd say, over-under quarterbacks in the top 90. It feels like six or seven. 
around the country? Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, Alabama, Kentucky, Hendon Hooker, who might yeah, go a little later because he's older, um, but might not. Who cares? Uh, Virginia had a hype guy. I think they've kind of come back to earth because that Virginia's offensive coordinator actually went to Syracuse, and they're crushing now. Oh. But he had huge stats last year. I was watching a Virginia game earlier this year, and he's not playing good, but you saw his stats last year. He was really good. I didn't see this weekend. Miami played LSU, I think. Who won that game? Uh, No, Florida played LSU. Oh, Flor- that's what I meant, Florida. LSU won. I, don't, I didn't look at the box score. The week before, Anthony Richardson, who was Florida's quarterback who sliced and diced Utah week one, was like 8 of 16 for 90 yards. Yeah, he's, he's a go-back-to-school guy. He's a so, go back to school guy, or like maybe they don't want him. Would yeah. that shock you? They're they're no. not good. Eagles Wouldn't are killing me if the Penix, if if Penix, I don't know if he'll be top sixty, but is a top ninety pick. I don't know if he he looked pretty good last night. Uh, yeah, he set a Washington single game passing record. How many yards is that? Five sixteen, I think. Uh, so Arizona, got, but they kind of got. I mean, they've lost a couple games in a row. Yeah, sorry, guy. So, Jonathan Smith beat Washington State. It's a good win. Yeah, they were good. I mean, they kind of manhandled them. Did you see? I thought my Gundy, I basically just tweeted like, what a couple year stretch for Lane, Harbaugh, and Gundy. All of them were undefeated this year. Both of them, right, dominated last year. And then I looked back up on ESPN.com and Oklahoma State lost in double overtime to TCU. I didn't see any of that game. I know. They were up. I did not see any of that game. The, the Oklahoma State quarterback, I was watching some of it in the first half. His last name's Sanders. Pretty yeah. good player. Spencer. His mom is wearing a jersey. And every time he scores, they you know, the cameras, she's like, That's my son. That's my son. <laughs> like, that's what she was saying. Yeah, because it's at TCU. You know, she's in the mix. Yeah. So yeah. What a day. What a day. Uh all right. Plenty more to talk about this week, I know. Is yeah, you got a lot to figure out. What's the um? There's always two things when you play the Chiefs. One is Andy's record off a of bye, which is like 19 and three or whatever. But they're not off a of bye. The other is Andy's record off a of loss, which I don't have in front of me, but I think is also very good. Right? Am I crazy, or is that also a stat? Feels yeah. Andy Reid off a loss. Let's do a quick Twitter type here and see if somebody's tweeted about it. And before Andy Reid's teams now 16 and two coming off bats, an old stat. I don't know, don't have it. That'll come out this week, but something to watch for. All right, on that note, stay hot, Roseman. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that game's 17 to nothing right now. Wow, we say Philly's kind of humming right now. That's the key when you're a starting quarterback and your backup is people are like, oh man, I don't know, is Dak better? Just wait long enough. And uh, they'll want you back. But Dak could have lost this game. I mean, it's on the road, Sunday Night Football, undefeated team. I mean, it's like are the Cowboys winning this with Dak. Nick Sirianni. I mean, that's what? Nick Sirianni, I think. I think I texted this to you a few weeks ago. Might be an all-time higher if like he if this if this thing really turns out to be not this year, but just big picture, like if this is their coach. Nobody was about to hire Nick Sirianni that year. What if Nick he done another interview? I don't think. What if he wins a Super Bowl? And he's not from. It's like, oh, a young guy not from the Shanahan McVay tree. Yeah, just 
I mean, good personality, kind of chubby body, but also not fat, weird body. Uh, seems just like just every, fa- I think it's just his face. Does kinda, you know, gets a little body fat. You know? He just looks like a fun. He's got a bad bad body guy. Is Dan Lanning? Yeah, you know, he's he's not. Oh. Like Dan, he's you know, weird body. Because he's not like big, big like a Mario, but he's right. not like a skinny Lafleur. He's just. You know, for a lot of us, John, you just can't, as you know, like it happens. If you're not six five, you just can't six four, six three. You just can't carry weight in the wrong place. Okay, dinner. Six time. one. All right. Later, everybody. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.